Good evening, everyone. How are we going? Good to hear. All right. Um, what I wanted to talk about this evening um, is the Christian attitude to coming under fire from the world. And I've sort of titled this Cool in the Field of Fire. And, you know, in today's world, we have these lovely devices called mobile phones. And uh, you have streamed live in 4K, high definition, uh, everything going wrong. And it's uh, rather terrible for your, uh, for your mindset. And so not only do you wake up in the morning and just straight away you're being battered with the miseries going on in the entire planet, all straight to your phone, um, you've then got just constant attacks and constant problems in your life that you are dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. So, I mean, just to, just to go over it quickly, we've got conflicts brewing everywhere we look, peace is out, we had a short stint of that, wars are back in season, um, the housing crisis is on the verge of becoming a housing disaster, cost of living's exploded, we've got all sorts of problems in social movements that have happened, propped up in the last 10 years by mass media and, and those sorts of types, and we've got you know, problems with information warfare in, in the media and news headlines is becoming such a problem that you can't even tell what's true and what's a lie anymore. But, you know, just, it's, um, you know, to the point where you just have completely contradictory headlines from the exact same news outlets on the exact same topic and you've got no idea what's, what's going on. And then to add to these stresses, you've got all your personal problems you face. I and mean, that's not even your personal problems, that's just what's going on in the world. That's, that's none of your business, but you're still stressed about it. And so in your personal problems, you've got, what, employment insecurities, you might be going contract to contract, or you might be part-time or casual, and you don't know where you'll be working. You've got rising interest rates, if you've got a house mortgage to worry about. You've got, you know, relationship problems or strife with your friends and your family. You might have a miserable job, which is a terrible thing to be at if, you're that, if you hate your job for eight hours a day. And then you come home, and all you've got to look forward to is your phone beaming misery at you. And... Um, you know, but this is, this is like this, the combined brutal battery of tribulation which the world brings at you can just bring down even the strongest person. But as the fire comes in and life can grow oppressive and miserable, you withdraw from people and you can withdraw from life. And the endless worries and anxieties can cause you to hide at home. And that's really what the world wants from hitting you with all of these things. And so what I want to talk about is that... Um, you know, there is, a, there is a, a Christian approach to dealing with this. And so, you know, when the world is, um, is, is hitting you with these things, it's understandable to be upset, but there is also a, a, way, to, a way to look at it. Uh, and if you turn to Psalms 55 for me, you can see that, you know, even, even godly men, men of character and, and strong men are not, um, not immune from this. And so even, even King David knew what it was like to be distraught with the miseries of the world. And if you've ever been kept up at night with anxiety, or sick to worry about what tomorrow is going to bring, it's not a failure of character on your part. It's not something to be ashamed of. Because in Psalms 55, David tells us exactly what that's like. If you start in verse 2, it reads, Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise. Because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they cast iniquity upon me, and in wrath they hate me. My heart is sore pained within me, and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me, and the horror and horror hath overwhelmed me. 
And I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then I would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness. The terrors of death are fallen upon me. Here is David, the warrior king after God's own heart, beset by grief and anguish, filled with the terrors of death. Horror has overwhelmed him, and he, all he prays for is that he could run away. He's beset on all sides by the struggles of the world. But we're not condemned to live a life of misery you know, under the firepower of this world's strife. If you go to uh, John uh, 16, verse 31, Jesus got a, a great answer to us here. And uh, it reads in verse 31, Jesus answered them, do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that ye, in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Christ has conquered the world for us. The battle's already won. In this world we will have tribulation, but be happy, be of good cheer. It's... Jesus is commanding that we're of good cheer in tribulation. Christ has overcome the world, he's conquered the world, he's conquered death, and he's conquered your troubles. Jesus commands that we should be happy in the face of persecution, that worldly woes should have no effect on us. When the bills come in, when people are upset with us, when our employment is in jeopardy, when you're hungry, when you're tired, be cheerful. Christ has overcome the world, you've already won. And as you live out the cheer through your difficulties, you will inspire those around you with your calmness under fire. The, this thought that I was having reminded me of a true story I read, and in light of my age, I don't have a collection of fun anecdotes to draw on. So what I've got is um, this really interesting story I read, which I'd like to relay from a book. The author, and it is a true story, the author is recalling his time spent in France in the Second World War as the commander of a Sherman tank named Stony Stratford. And he says, as they stumble through their jokes, just to stay awake, more mortar bombs bracket the tank, keeping me more than awake. Eyes are heavy when I run inside the tank, cozy safety of thick steel walls. My, eye, my eyes are heavy when I need to be able to pierce every leafy bush and hedgerow to spot tanks, men, guns. I am weary to the point of despair. And then I see Major Bevan taking an afternoon stroll. Am I seeing things? Have I gone around the bend? Hank, out for a stroll in a thunderstorm of battle, whose rain is jagged iron splinters, whose lightning strikes again and again at the same places, whose thunder continues, peel overlaid on peel. Tall, lean, languid, he ambles along the verge of the vegetable field, swishing his riding crop at tall weeds. He pauses and waves his riding crop at a thicket about 50 yards away from us. Presumably, another of our Shermans is nestled there. For miles around, everyone has gone to ground. German grenadiers, black watch in their foxholes, yeomanry inside their tanks, artillery in their gun pits. But Major Bevan chooses to walk above the earth. He's wearing the normal officer's cap, a khaki shirt, a cloth crown in each epaulette, and an old loose pair of corduroys. More minis fall a hundred yards behind him, but he continues to stroll towards us without haste. At the gap in the hedge of it to our rear, which is our escape route, he pauses again, then changes direction and walks across to Stony Stratford. He looks critically at the burnt camouflage branches still adorning the tanks beneath Bookie's green, fresh decorations, flicks away a dead branch with his riding crop. I give him a rather sketchy salute, and he touches his cap with his riding crop in a familiar gesture, 
gives Stony Stratford a friendly wallop across the rump as though she were a horse, screws his face into a combination of a grin and a wink, and then continues his ramble through the hedge. I see his cap beyond the thinner patches of hedge as he strolls along the cart track, which is the focus of our world war at this moment. Sporadic explosions continue as he turns and heads back up the slope, still at the same Sunday afternoon pace towards where headquarters must presumably be. I no longer contemplate diving for refuge inside the turret. If David Bevan can saunter coolly across the field of fire, well, then I can stand up in my tank and keep a clear watch. When we're weary, exhausted, under attack, and as David said, having the terror of death fallen upon us, it's what we want to do to withdraw, to hide away, to just dwell in our misery. But we forget the battle's already won. And when, we're, when we go forwards, God goes with us. We can face everything the world has because God has faced it and won it for us before we even get there. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, it reads, Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. God is ready to conquer our battles before we even fight them. We have no reason to fear the outcome. If we win, we were always destined to win because God was on our side. And if we lose, we don't need to worry about it because that was just a distraction from the fight God wanted us to win. If, we, if you prayed about it and you sought God about the job and you didn't get it, God didn't want you to get it. And if you prayed and you sought God about the rental property and you missed out, God doesn't want you to live there. It might be hugely inconvenient in the short term. It might be painful, but God has a better way for you to go. We know it's better because it's his way. As we go through life, God wants us to call out to him and rely on him to rise above in victory. That goes for all the trials we face, financial, relationships, employment, everything. Everything we face, God wants to be the source of your victory. He's already won the battle. You just need to call out to him. And if God has won it for us, then why should we be cowering and running scared from the world? Don't you know the world's attacks are hopeless against you? In Romans 8, 34, it reads, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, nothing. Not tribulation, not distress, not persecution, not famine, not nakedness, peril of the sword. And it's easy to skip over those things and just say them out loud. But think about it. When the Bible specifically says that when you're persecuted for being a Christian, that you have victory over that, and where there's famine and you're starving and hungry and weak, don't worry, be cheerful. You have to be, you have victory over all of those things. You can be cool, calm, and collected in the face of all those problems. 
in the face of life and death, of powers of government, at the wrong end of a sword or a gun, know that Christ has already won for you. No matter how it turns out, you have confidence in Christ and you can smile through every pain in this world, no matter how dire. Uh, Thomas Jonathan Jackson, better known as Stonewall Jackson, was a general in the American Civil War. He was a fervent evangelical man and a deacon of a Presbyterian church, a veteran of 16 battles before he was finally killed in action in 1863. He was famously quoted as saying, my religious beliefs teach me to feel as safe in battle as in bed. God has fixed the time of my death. I do not concern myself with that, but to be always ready whenever it may overtake me. That is the way all men should live, and all men would be equally brave. So I'll just close with this question. Can you saunter coolly across the field of fire? Do you feel as safe in battle as you are in bed?